Welcome to the SaaS Sales Performance Podcast, the show for anyone wanting to be on the cutting edge of SaaS tech sales. We provide the tools you need to take advantage of the rapidly changing sales environment. We bring you the leading experts on the front lines of SaaS sales and distill down our famous masterclasses into bite-sized practical tips. Your hosts will be Ash Ali and Matt Milligan. And on this podcast, we'll be helping you transform your ability to sell more so you can smash your targets. Hey everyone, and welcome to the 36th episode of the SaaS Sales Performance Podcast. Today, we continue our theme of chatting to sales leaders. This episode sees Matt Milligan pick the brains of Quinn Falk, a director of sales development at Snowflake. Touching on his backstory and his rise into the world of SDR management, he uncovers common pitfalls, key interview questions, and shares a handful of meaningful anecdotes that could only be gained from years in the field. So with no further ado, here are Matt Milligan and Quinn Falk. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the SaaS Sales Performance Podcast. We're continuing our theme this week, speaking to sales leaders about the rising challenges that we're seeing in the space, particularly with regards to sales development teams. And we're filming this end of October, end of Q3 for most teams in 2021. The market for sales development people is incredibly hot. There's a lot of flux happening right now in the market. And a lot of requests have come in from listeners to this for thought leadership and content and experiences from other sales development leaders. So I'm thrilled to be joined on the show today by Quinn Falk. Quinn, as many of you will know, is currently the director of sales development for North American Enterprise at Snowflake. Snowflake needs no explanation. Everyone in our industry in B2B SaaS has followed the amazing growth journey. Quinn has been on that amazing rocket ship ride for the last three and a half years. Quinn, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Thanks for having me, Matt. I'm real excited. Quinn, I mean, Snowflake is so synonymous with the B2B SaaS market in general right now. And the volume of activity that's happening, the consolidation of the market, the IPOs that are taking place. I mean, if we rewind, I guess, all the way back, you know, tell us a little bit about your story and how did you end up in sales development and in the sales leadership role? Yeah, thanks for asking. I mean, I'm in love with sales development. I think it's an afterthought that's picking up steam and businesses are realizing how important it is to be able to generate top of funnel internally. So, you know, I spent a lot of my 20s doing more blue collar sales. There was a stretch that I was selling photos at the top of the ski hill, a lot of wanderlust for me, sold windows and siding door to door, tax resolution services. I sold cars for a little bit. And, you know, I was really looking for my break. I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted. I was on a ski lift with a friend who was in SaaS sales and he started talking about it and he worked at a company called Exactly that sells a commission software. And so because I have a background in sales and I had managed teams and I really appreciated variable compensation, which as strange as that may sound, uh, we hit it off. And so that was my foot in the door at Exactly. And I didn't even realize that there was a sales development model. So I joined a team of eight. You know, we called ourselves the Smile Zone. We would call into the East Coast out of Denver. Since we're calling to the East Coast, we had to show up at six in the morning. And we prided ourselves on always having a smile on our face so that when the account executives came in eight, nine in the morning, they had no choice but to be enthusiastic because these these grinders making cold calls were very happy. So 
did that for 18 months. And then the juncture came where it was, do I go full cycle sales or do I grow into SDR management? And I had a mentor, Sam Griebenau, my boss at the time, who thought that I was it would be a good fit for, for SDR management, having managed sales retail in the past. And the conclusion I came to is that, and I don't mean to be dismissive with this, but account executives are, are kind of a dime a dozen. And there's varying qualities of those. There really wasn't a lot of people that were specializing in sales development. And anybody who's been in this world of SDR land knows that there's a whole lot to it. So, you know, I made the decision to bet on that career path and was managing a team of 11 SDRs. We had grown the SDR team in in Denver to near 30, I think, at that point with a few managers. You know, when you started talking about the journey there and you said you, you were on a ski lift. I thought, surely this isn't the beginning of the snowflake story. (laughs) Funny thing is, is the snowflake story, there is a connection to that, right? The guy who introduced me to exactly ended up being close friends with the guy who introduced me to snowflake and, and we were in a ski house together. So if you look at the history of snowflake with our two founders and Michael Spicer at Sutter Hill, they tell the story fondly of coming up with the name on a ski lift. So yeah, it's a serendipitous match for me. Amazing. I guess perhaps for any aspiring SDRs out there, the way to kickstart and launch your career is just to spend as much time on ski lifts as possible to maximize networking opportunities. Yeah. I mean, the the logic would be that if you're spending a lot of times on a ski lift, that you're skiing down real fast. I mean, (laughs) in all seriousness though, it is like if you're early on your career, and I think that this is really important for people in the remote environment to understand that like Glen Gary, Glen Ross, always be closing. When you're early in your career, it's, it's always be networking. Every person that you interact with could be a bridge. And you know, now that I'm nearing a decade in tech sales, I've countless instances where showing up day in, day out on the ski lifts or, you know, in line at a restaurant and really being a giver has paid off quite a bit. Yeah. I think it's great lessons there for anyone starting out in their career. And I can vouch for that. I love that concept or philosophy of always be networking. Quinn, you mentioned there you made the decision fairly early on in your career to double down on SDR. And you've since then built an amazing profile as an SDR leader. I'd be keen to hear from you in terms of that journey. I mean, very few have done it. You know, I could probably name guys like Sam Nelson, like profiles in SDR Mm -hmm. leadership space. What did that decision-making process look like? And how has it kind of benefited you by focusing on one area that you're really strong in? I am finding that more and more organizations are realizing that there's a massive difference between someone who's just brought in to manage an SDR team out of chance and someone who specializes in being an SDR leader. I think it was Sam who did a survey recently and he found that of SDRs surveyed 44%, I wanna say, indicated that their manager had less than a year's of experience leading people. Wow. I mean, at Snowflake, one of our biggest flexes is that my management team, and this is just North America Enterprise, we have over 30 years of experience managing SDRs, specific, skills in that. Full cycle sales in an enterprise environment is a long grind and it's stressful and you have to be very organized and manage your time. And it's a slug, you know, that can be very draining. And if you're not the type of person that gets that endorphin rust when the deal comes across the line, 
for me, it was an indication I'm not a good fit. Now, fast forwarding to when I have SDRs that have come through my program and then they're in inside sales and they're featured in our SKO, I get that same rush. And so I think there is called a personality profile where SDR leaders, you get satisfaction. I still like to win. We're going to hit our quota today. I'm going to be thrilled that we win, but I like the team win. I like seeing people that I invest in featured under the bright lights. And that's what gives me a great deal of fulfillment. Incredible self-awareness. I guess you've learned through experience there in terms of what you really enjoy doing and what you, you are best suited towards. We're seeing so often and so frequently now that entry-level SDRs are coming into their roles, Quinn, and and looking just to to become AE as fast as possible. We're seeing, you know, kind of six-month time periods between joining your your first job as an SDR through to getting that promotion to AE. And, you know, you made the shocking statistic there around the lack of, of leadership experience at SDR leadership level. What do you think is driving some of the high attrition that we're seeing in the SDR space right now? Because I'm speaking to clients every day and they're saying that it's keeping them awake at night and the market's super crazy. And if you lose someone that's good, it's going to be incredibly expensive and hard to replace them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's age old. I'll leave this disclaimer in that working at Snowflake provides me a degree of privilege in the sense that retaining an employee at a company that truly is a once in a lifetime opportunity is quite a bit easier than when I was at smaller series B, series C companies. But that said, I, I think that it comes down to a few key pillars. One is it starts at hiring. I mean, just like you're qualifying a deal, you know, my sales cycle is talent pipeline. And I have to qualify that and I have to see what they're looking for out of the opportunity and, and ask good questions that get to the heart of who they are and their, their patience. Um, in that same vein, there's a high degree of expectation setting. So if you don't have clearly defined metrics and criteria for promotion eligibility, a couple of things will happen. SDRs, as soon as they get average and above average, they're going to start looking around. They're young and they get an ego, right? The other thing that happens often is that the teams that you source into, they're feeling the same headcount challenges that we are right now. And so they start putting the pressure on, right? And so if you don't clearly define the eligibility requirements and put timelines and performance criteria to that, then it's a free-for-all. What's important is that as you put those timelines in, you got to look at like, what's the motive of these SDRs? They want to be progressing. And sure, there is the shiny object of money, right? But really, if you hire the right people and you set the expectation, more than anything else, they want to be developed. And so I'm regularly preaching to my team that it's not about expedience to the role. It's about effectiveness once you're in that role. And so we've developed various different training. We have a rigorous onboarding. Then we have snow tracks, which is like continued skill development. And then that last quarter, when you're eligible to interview, it's called snowbound. And we shift our focus from training you on SDR stuff to training you on all of the components of the next role and how I'm going to measure success 
is the speed to ramp relative to external hires. And so if you package all of that up of hiring the right people, managing expectations, clearly defined pathing, and you know, strong communication with a layer of them knowing that they're being invested in and in, in the why, and the why relates to their long-term success, it's a lot more manageable to get buy-in. I also have anecdotes. You know, I can point to the past eight years of let's say 50%. I heard this funny thing recently. It's like 35.7% of statistics are made up on the spot. So I'll say 50% of people that I've hired as SDRs are no longer in technology sales over the years. And there's a correlation there between readiness for that next role and longevity in that next role. And so I think when SDRs get very fixated on moving to the next role, it ends up burning them. That's part of the ways that we manage through it. I love the three-step framework you shared there, Quinn. I think that's really valuable for the listeners. You make it sound very straightforward. And I think, you know, one thing to remember here is that this stuff is really hard. I had a call with a client this week who had hired three new SDRs within a month. One of them had left to go and train as a lawyer. Another one had been poached. And you just realized that, Jesus, you know, you're hiring quite often brand new college or university graduates who don't necessarily know what they want to do. You're trying to get the hiring process and talent pipeline right. And then you're trying to, as a next step, make sure that you get them on the right track and invest in their development. In your experience, what are, what are some things that other leaders can do at that recruitment stage that can potentially help with the attrition piece and building you know, more loyalty? I mean, I, people feel hiring pressures. And I think that the biggest mistake that they can make is they rush it. So the old adage, what you hire slow, fire fast, right? I think that that's extremely important. I am even at the offer stage, I'm spending the first five minutes trying to think of every reason not to hire someone because that once they're on my book, that's, that's my liability. I think there are certain behavior traits Understanding why they want to do this role and having them articulate like what their vision, avoiding the cliche of like five-year plan, but seriously, what's, what is the future look like for you if you're brought on board? If someone's coming out of university, and again, we have the, the benefit being at Snowflake, we have a rich talent pipeline. If you're just a student, I don't want to take that risk on you. So you need to either be holding down a job for multiple years, more than just a summer job or taking on responsibility, student athletes, you know, things that illustrate that you can manage your time and that you can commit to something. And then, you know, I would also say that to people. We're seeing an epidemic of people taking SDR jobs and churning out after three months. What is it about you that will make you be able to last 15, 18 months? And then you get into the standard diversity things, but interviewing is an art. You also got to iterate. I think that it's really important to look at when it didn't work out instead of, you know, I think that the natural tendency is to be like, oh, that's non-regrettable. <laughs> Someone hired that person. There's got to be some regret there. So deep reflection when it doesn't work out and looking at things. I mean, you know, some organizations will introduce like personality profiles, but really synthesizing what led up to that person getting an offer so that you can learn from the mistakes. 
another mistake that people make is they'll look at their top performing rep. They'll find a few anecdotal similarities. They went to the same university. They both played football and assume that they're the same person. And I think people fall into that trap quite often. Yeah, I've definitely seen that personally. I mean, guess looking ahead then to the next step, you talked about the snow tracks at Snowflake and creating that environment where the SDRs feel invested in and their development is being put as a priority. If you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit more, I mean, what are the, what do the snow tracks look like? I mean, do they stem down from a sales competency framework? And yeah, snow tracks is more the ongoing trading once you're an SDR. And so a lot of that's having to do with understanding Snowflake, understanding our technologies, very specific SDR things, our relationship with ABM, you know, I think benchmarks along the way. So you need to pass through certain subject matter before you can advance the next one. The one that I'm real excited about is Snowbound, which is, you know, the quarter leading up to it, we get partnership from the leadership team on the inside sales org, which we call CAE. And, you know, you're having to learn all of the steps of a sales cycle. You're having to do account identification, do mock discovery, so that, you know, ultimately your interview is more of a capstone project on top of that quarter's worth of work. And so the hope is that, let's be honest here, in inside sales roles, oftentimes managers are so burdened with their revenue targets that they don't have a lot of time to onboard new reps. So it's our responsibility to make sure that we're introducing them to as much of that material as possible. And so when you have snow tracks and snowbound, there's a couple of benefits there. On the surface, it's like they're more prepared for the role, but in the managing down, it provides incentives. It's something that managers can speak to in one-on-ones beyond just meetings and sales qualified opportunities. You actually have uh, qualitative skills that need to be developed. And I find that that's a great vehicle for developing loyalty. Yeah, I love that. In your experience, Quinn, I mean, in terms of the specific skill areas that you're seeing are crucial for your SDRs, like how has that shifted? And I'm particularly curious about the last 18 months. Have you seen a rise in certain skills that high-performing SDRs have over others? Good question. I mean, to be honest, I think that the core character traits are pretty consistent. And that is intellectual curiosity. You got to be a sponge and you have to have like this unquenchable desire to learn. You know, I put it in three buckets. You have to learn the technology, which is the ecosystem, the competitors, your own tech, all of that. You have to learn sales and you have to learn business acumen. And so are you the type of person that gets done with a day of work and then is going for a bike ride and unwinds by listening to a Josh Braun podcast? That intellectual curiosity is critical. Beyond that, I think that the skills are adaptability. And so obviously (laughs) that's very important right now, right? And so doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, you know, my best SDRs are constantly A-B testing. Then you get to like pieces like collaboration. Okay, are you showing up to a QBR and showing up to present how great you are? Or are you showing up to get curious about that person that does, say you get 70% of your meetings from phone and 30% from LinkedIn and your peer 
gets 70% from LinkedIn. Are you cross-pollinating that knowledge and really authentically trying to take the best of others to improve? A skill that gets overlooked, and this is something that I think has increased importance now because you don't have a manager looking over your shoulder at any point, is organization and time management. I think that's critical that you're driving your calendar and not at the mercy of it. And I have empathy for it. I think that people fall in that trap a lot in a remote environment. I love it. Intellectual curiosity piece is one that you quite often don't think of. And the other one that I was curious that you didn't perhaps mention there was the competition side. You know, we spoke about student athletes, but yeah, that's one that quite often, you know, you're kind of immediately drawn to. I think that you're spot on. And we we hit on that a lot. We, my boss, Lars Nielsen, calls it fire in the belly. We're big on that. The challenge is, you know, for the consumption of your listeners, is that I think that sometimes people get blinded by that. And, you know, you're selling complex technical solutions. Just being gritty alone doesn't accomplish it. I think that that's like a must have for anybody. But I think people fall in love with the competitive side and lose sight of the others. Yeah, I love that. We're coming to the end now. I I think one of the final questions I was really keen for us to cover, you know, as a founder myself, I'm building an outbound SDR function. We're looking at the demand for SDRs just going up and up and up. And the SDR function is now, you know, a crucial piece of any outbound demand gen strategy. Speaking as an SDR leader, how do you see the role maturing? How do you see us moving away from a world in which 44% of SDRs are being led by someone with less than a year's experience? And how do you see the SDR leader role kind of start to have a seat at the leadership table and become more predominant within these B2B SaaS organizations? I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, but I think it's maturing in time. I think that thanks to the vocal advocacy of people like Ralph Barcy, Sam Nelson, my former boss, Nicolette Molinex, and countless others, I think it's, it's gaining some credibility. But a lot of that credibility is external. And what I'm learning is that you know, you have to build the credibility internally. And so it depends on the stage of the company. Obviously, like an yeah. early stage startup, it's going to be hard to do. But I think as soon as possible, organizations need to embrace the role of SDR operations. All too often, that gets thrown on the shoulders of a fairly green SDR manager. So they're handling tools, they're handling sales ops, they're in meetings with marketing, they're doing all their own recruiting. There's just so much to it that they end up spending all of their time operationalizing it. And these entry-level SDRs don't get developed, which is, is really the core of that frontline role. So I think the emergence of SDR ops side is going to be huge. The other thing is, is like if, if an SDR org is dependent on sales ops, then you know no matter how important their priority is, it's always going to get trumped by sales leadership. And so you you fall down the stack ranking of importance. Uh, so nothing ever gets done. So SDR ops is one thing. And then, and then for any SDR leader, I think that it's very important. You have to be the PR engine internally of your org. So that means like creating a hall of fame where you're capturing all of the anecdotal positive feedback and you're publicizing it. Additionally, capturing the data that goes beyond your quota. The biggest trap that an early SDR manager can fall in is is they get braggadocious about achieving their targets, but they lose sight of why they're there, 
which for most organization is, is twofold. It's the revenue pipeline for the, the field sales org and the talent pipeline. Well, you need to have a really good story and you need to constantly be banging that drum internally because otherwise you're, you're going to become an afterthought. You know, we're rolling up to marketing now. Our marketing org is just world-class and I'm learning so much from them. And a lot of it, I at, at smaller organizations, I got really well-versed at internal selling but I'm learning the fine art of internal marketing and branding your organization as a, as a core competency. And I think over time, as you get more and more people that understand that having a specialist provides a lot of value, the function is going to continue to grow. I love that. What a superb thought-provoking way to end the conversation. For those listening to this who would like to connect with you as a thought leader and a mentor in the sales development leadership space, where can they do that? And where can they find out more information on you and Snowflake? LinkedIn's my go-to. We're going to be scaling across Europe. We're scaling in Seattle or Bellevue, Washington, San Mateo, Denver, and Atlanta, adding SDRs and managers. So, you know, we're looking to build the dream team. And so I love networking. I love talking shop with people. So don't hesitate to connect with me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Quinn, thanks so much for coming on the show and really enjoy the conversation. Look forward to doing it again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Matt. By uncovering blind spots on performance, motivation, and skills, UHubs helps busy sales leaders at top SaaS companies to optimize their sales enablements so that they can develop reps and grow revenue. The UHubs Pulse platform visualizes each team's development needs, personalized upskilling, and provides data-driven coaching recommendations. These save sales managers 40 plus hours per quarter and help reps to ramp up 30% faster. Supercharge your sales team by booking a demo today.